Good afternoon, everyone. How you doing? <laughs> Just having a little technical difficulties, getting some things going here. This is Roy Evans. You are watching the BCS and Game Time Watch Party. It is a national signing day. Ready to go. HBCUs are in the news all over the place. Folks flipping from one school to the next, from Power Fives to HBCUs. And today I have two of the most prolific HBCU sports football analysts. Of course, you guys know, let's see here. Let me do this right. On this side up here, to my, to my top right, is Mr. B.J. Jones. Of course, you all know him from inside HBCU football right here on the Black Isle Sports Network, or as we like to call him around these parts, the HBCU football guru. So doing his thing, you're getting in. How, how you doing today, Mr. B.J.? Man, I'm doing good. It's signing day, man. Just waiting for all the surprises and all the dominoes to finally fall. All right, all right. And to my top left, as you guys will see, all of my rattlers, of course, know who this gentleman is, Mr. Marcus Green, who is our Rattler recruiting prognosticator, a freaking <laughs> uh, guru, just all that stuff, too. So, Marcus, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Um, Marcus Green, FAMU graduate, of course. Uh, just follow FAMU football and been tracking it since back in BJ's days, Billy Joe, and just trying to track recruiting, see how the team's doing, and just continued on. All right, all right. Well, cool. So we are actually, I think we may have had a, a slight mix up with, of course, time zones. we got folks all over the country who are going to be talking about coming in. Uh, we know we're going to be getting Coach Hugh Jackson from Grambling State. He was scheduled in here. They're going to see about getting him in to let me know if he'll be in here shortly or if we're going to have to push him to the next hour. We also are expecting Coach Willie Simmons from Florida A&M University to drop in at us around about 1235. So we're going to be talking to him. Uh, BJ is already, you know, hitting it up. You know, he's, BJ is like our Adam Sheft over there. He on the phone on the ta 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 getting it in and getting <laughs> folks to drop in. So we're expecting a couple of folks from some other places. But let's let's start off with a little bit of a conversation, guys. Let's talk about what this year is like in comparison to previous years. When we talk about National Signing Day, how do you think this year is going to go down in history and what impact will it have as we move forward in this? Um, let's start with you first, Marcus. Well, I mean, we've seen unprecedented um, attention on HBCUs, and most notably due to the social uh, upheaval, unrest, or what you would, I guess you would call recognition from March 2020. As it relates to HBCU recruiting, we're seeing athletes who are now giving us the time of day, and actually this is an appropriate uh, interjection because I was watching the 24-7 sports uh, segment on signing day about an hour ago, and they had Brian McFadden, former FSU and NFL player for the Steelers, and he mentioned that back in the day, and you know, I checked his age, he's about 40, so maybe 22 years ago, he was being recruited. He said he was going to, he didn't name the school at first, he said, let me, I just said, FAMU, FAMU came to recruit him, and I was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And he was talking about how things have changed and how Coach Sanders coming in and Travis Hunter and uh, Kevin Coleman making the commitments have changed the recruiting, the perspective. So in that sense, you know, we have a change in the perspective of someone 20 years ago who basically brushed off one, arguably one of the best or second best coaches in FAMU's history with a scholarship offer. 
because the perception and the understanding or lack of understanding, if you can get to the NFL from an HBCU to now we actually have kids giving us consideration and actually the number one prospect in the class of 22 actually committing to an HBCU. Yeah, no doubt. BJ, what about you? I think it's, it's, it's changed the game. If you look at, uh, you know, a few years ago, we got a couple of three stars and, you know, it, it blew the roof off. It was a big deal. Um, and, and now uh, we've transitioned a few years back where the three stars, the norm, um, it, it's the norm. It is not the, the wow, the boom that it once was. And now you have five star, four star guys signing out of, out of the high school ranks. And we, we talked about, hey, the day that we get that five star, well, that day, that day has come. Uh, the day that we get that four star, well, that day has also come. Um, and now, man, we, we are recruiting in an age and a space uh, that we dreamed of just a few short years ago. Uh, and the biggest thing is going to be continuing uh, to capitalize on that, uh, continue that momentum moving forward. And I think that recruiting is the entry point. Uh, when these young men come into these institutions, recruiting uh, is the entry point. But the exit point is what we're also seeing. We saw what Akil Glass did. Uh, last week in the, in the, uh, the NFL PA um, All-Star Game, how his stock is shot up. Uh, Marquise Bell from uh, Florida A&M. Uh, Pro Scouts are buzzing about him. The Tyree Carter right now at the Senior Bowl. Uh, a lot of scouts talking about him yesterday. So now we see the entry point as well as the exit point uh, showing that full life of what it means to be at an HBCU. And when you put those things together and everything in between, uh, it, it it's big news for our schools, uh, our student athletes and alums as well. And uh, I just hope that we continue uh, to see us push forward. Yeah, most definitely. I think that one of the major things that we are seeing here, and like you both, both of you gentlemen have said, it is really about just the transition and the change of these kids really understanding that they can get to there from here and here being our HBCUs and things of that nature. I'm, you know, I am interested to see how some things are going to happen. And I, one of the things that I definitely want to talk to Coach about is uh, Coach, and, and that's Coach Jackson. The announcement that was just made that all of their scholarship athletes are going to be on NIL deals. Um, and that that's something I'm like, you know, Coach, talk to us a little bit. You know, we want to talk about that. Because I have been saying, DJ, and I don't know if you remember, but ever since that first school or the first state, which I've I want to say the first state that, have, that approved them was Louisiana. Um, I know I know it was either it was either Louisiana or Mississippi. It was one of the smaller states that approved the image and likeness legislation that went through their uh, their state legislature. And I said at that point, this is going to be the major factor that will change the game in big time recruit recruiting. Yeah, yeah, big time recruiting. Because let's let's get real. You know, we all, I mean, we we all, I mean, Marks, I don't know if you play football. I know me and BJ both played football in high school. BJ, of course, went on to do it in college. And I had, you know, I knew all the athletes in school. So I we we know how these power five schools were getting these kids. You know, people can talk about all they want to, the, you know, boosters and stuff coming around with the with the hundred and a thousand dollar handshakes. These kids get these kids have been getting paid for years. The difference is. It's just been those schools with the with enough 
resources to hide it and to keep doing it that has made them set apart from all of our from from all the rest of the schools. But this NIL thing, man, I, this this is gonna be the great equalizer, I think. So what do you what do you guys think about that? DJ, you want to go first? Yeah, I think with NIL, man, it, it's you know, I don't have to have thirty thousand students to have a prominent booster. I don't have to have thirty thousand students and a hundred living alumni to have a, a relationship uh, with the business community uh, in the area in which my school is located, which opens up the door to uh, NIL opportunities for these young men. So I think you know NIL, um, it, it's 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 leveling the playing field. And I think that's what you're seeing. Um, you're, you're seeing uh, a, lot, a lot of people think NIL and just automatically think football, but uh, the student athletes with, with the most prominent NIL deals are the, the Olympic sports uh, because of the following that, you know, a lot of those, those young ladies have. Uh, so I think NIL is uh, leveling the playing field. And one of the things that when this came out, I remember I talked to you about this, Roy, is that our HBCUs have to be a, get ahead of NIL. We can't just say NIL is coming, stick our heads in the sand and continue to do business the way that we always have done it. Now is the time to be innovative and be creative uh, and, and adjust to this new wave uh, of college football and uh, collegiate athletics as a whole. Um, but this is not going anywhere. You're either going to adjust uh, or fall by the wayside. So I'm, I'm glad to see that we're adjusting uh, and adapting pretty well so far. Uh, similar to what BJ was saying, but we have to we have to come to play in terms of the NIL. Now, of course, some of the Power Five schools and even some of the FCS or the Group of Five schools at the FBS level and the FCS teams have. years, decades head start with an unofficial NIL going on and now they can make it above board and they do have the boosters that even when HBCUs come to the table with the NIL deal that outside of maybe someone like a Coach Sanders or Coach Prime and a Coach Jackson, those predominantly white colleges at the P5 and FCS level and group of five have advantages in terms of alumni, businesses and boosters and support that we're looking to catch up on. One other interesting book that I happen to have read recently, I think it's called The 50-Year, oh God, what was it called? The 50-Year Facade or something like that. And it speaks to how the NCAA came into power, uh, where it was pretty much a moribund organization till the 50s, till the TV started coming. And they basically commandeered TV rights for nearly 40 years. And then two P5 schools, Oklahoma, UGA, sued the NCAA saying it was a cartel for their TV rights. And you can see, you can put all the pieces together from that book and other things that you read or things that you know on how it came to be this behemoth of an industry and NIL is a part of it, unofficial for like the first 50 years and now it's official as of last year. So we have a ways to go, but I think we have some of the support and some of the people who can do it and just understanding that it's not gonna be an overnight thing. No doubt, we are. Um, you know, we we got to see that, and of course, it has been a big change. Of course, right now, one of the other things that we talk about in just general uh, media is that there's talk. You know, with all of the conference churning, as it's being called, 
there is a lot of talk about the power fives leaving the NCAA and pulling out, especially for football and, you know, seeing how that can happen just because of the thing, because the reality of it is, I mean, do they really need the NCAA when you talk about the power fives and what they're doing in football? Um, I mean, how many, how many times have we seen at the, I think we're at four right now. So how many times have you seen even a mid, what would be considered a mid-major F, FCS school in the big time opportunities to play for the national championship? I mean, who, who's, who's playing for those? Who, that's, that's nobody but the, the Power Five conferences. So, you know, that's where the bulk of that money is going with the major bowl games that are going on. Um, I'm actually looking for an image. I'm going to pull it up here a little bit later, but we can't do anything with football like that. We don't do some sort of prediction. So what we're going to do here, and I know we've got some stuff out with all the verbals and the commitments. Um, most people are going to say that, yeah, we think Jackson state is going to win the, win the draft or win the, uh, the recruiting, recruiting crown this year, or who's going to come in and, you know, where are you going to be your top 10, but let's do this. Let's, I want each of you, to give me, we're not even going to go five deep. Let's just go three deep for right now. Tell me the three teams that you think are going to have the best national signing day. Let's start with you on that one, Marcus. Well, it's going to pain me to say, I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't know if Amy is going to be in the top three, just because you look at Jackson State and you look, just by mere fact of having Travis Hunter come and then Keon Coleman, two top 50 players. I mean, not Keon Coleman, Kevin Coleman coming two top 50 players. I mean, they've got a head start. It's like if this were a 100-yard dash, they're basically going to the 80-yard line. I mean, I'm a, so a 100-meter dash, 180-meter line. So it's like, okay, they've got that much ahead, and they've re recruited, and it seems like a lot of former Florida State players too, where – they have some recruits that were had high accolades, three-star and above, from either Florida State, the state of Florida, or Mississippi. So I would say just on paper, you know, they look like, you know, kind of far and away. And next, I've been impressed with Grambling. Uh, Coach Jackson's come in, and I'm seeing left and right. This guy is accepted. This person is, is committed, whether it's a three-star from California, a highly rated QB, a transfer that's flipping from a different school or so you have to be impressed with the uh, speed with which he's caught up having come in late in the recruiting season. And third, I guess, just based on traffic, it's kind of a toss up between Alabama and Alabama state. I think Alabama state's been really making some inroads in the transfer portal with some quality players. So I would have to say them is my top Three. And I'm hoping FAMU will can change my mind and get in the top three, but I just saw some disappointing news that would have helped that, but it is what it is. So that was for you. You said Grambling, Jackson State, and Alabama and AM, correct? Flip Jackson State. I have Jackson State number one, Grambling number okay. two. Okay. Well, right, gotcha. All right. BJ, what about you, man? Um, I'm going Jackson State at one. Uh you look at the the headliners that they have, um, the kids they're bringing in, Travis Hunter, we know that he's a big fish there. Um, so I'm going to go Jackson State at the one spot. Alabama A&M 
to me, is a, a clear, solid number two. You look at the work they were able to do in the transfer portal. Alabama A&M's class, they don't have a transfer with Travis Hunter. Uh, but that class overall may be deeper uh, than what Jackson State uh, has so far. That remains to be seen. I'll let you know at the end of the day. Alabama A&M number two. Um, and then uh, if we had to go with a, a three uh, right now, uh, I am leaning towards uh, Grambling. Uh, with what they did, the young man coming from La uh, Lancaster uh, and the DFW four-star uh, uh, wide out. Uh, I think that that, you know, helps with with, with that class. Uh, we saw what they were able to do, uh, bring your kids off of the West Coast. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to uh, lean grambling there. Uh, if there's someone who's close, right behind, I think, Southern and FAMU are right there uh, on Grambling's uh, tails. I, they may have not gotten a four-star and, and, and some of those other things, but if you look at the depth of what FAMU's been able to pull in and, and Southern's been able to pull in, uh, it, it's quality kids that, that can play. Uh, so I think they're going to be right there as well. Mm -hmm. Roy, let me make a correction. I meant Alabama A&M, not Alabama State, even though uh, Alabama State's been pulling in some transfers. I got it mixed up. Alabama a and the one has been pulling kids, three and stars left and right from the transfer portal. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's look. Coach Maynard is um is out there doing his thing, man. He is definitely yes. <laughs> looking to come in and make some things happen. Here's what we're gonna do, folks. We're gonna go ahead and take us a quick break right now, and we're gonna come back. We uh, like I said, we should be expecting Coach Willie Simmons here in a few minutes, but we've already got some news, different things. We're gonna be running the feed up, running the Twitter feed, um, and we will go from there. So we'll be back with more right here. HBCU League Pass, VCSN. Game time watch party. It's signing day. HBCU football all over the country. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. But you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you.
It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. Florida A&M Rattlers, Texas Southern Tigers, where you at? First, the ladies of the Rattlers and Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. The fam used spears on the floor and anxiously await their arrival. This HBCU showcase will be electric. Don't miss it. TSU, fam, you, pull up, tap in. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From a national memorial for peace and justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. The family anxiously awaits their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www.slowburnwaco.com 
www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the BCSN Game Time National Signing Day show. Uh, joining us now all around, as we know, you know who this fella is, Shotgun Willie in the building. Coach, how you feeling today? Man, I'm, I'm blessed. Excited about signing day, this uh, class we have coming in. So uh, National Signing Day Wednesday is always a great time. All right. Well, cool. So we're going to let the guys get in and everybody's going to give um, them. We want to give everybody an opportunity to talk to you since they're on the screen and they're doing their things. What we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to be very nice guests that we're going to start with Mr. B.J. Jones to see if he has anything that, you know, the Southern Jaguar over here. If he has anything he'd like to ask your coach, and uh, we go into the conversation from there. I'm Coach Simmons. Uh, so, Simmons, first of all, I want to say uh, happy signing day to you. Um, you're one of the most enthusiastic guys when it comes down to signing day and recruiting, and I know things are going well down there in Tallahassee. So, happy signing day for, uh, to you. Uh, with, with this signing day, uh, we talked about this with the, the climate of HBCUs and uh, kind of where we are. Uh, how have you uh, seen the change as, uh, this compared, you know, this year compared to maybe two, three years ago, or even when you were at Prairie View? Uh, how have you seen the the signing day or recruiting landscape change uh, in the favor of HBCUs? Uh, well, first off, um, you know, again, excited to be on the show today uh, to talk about this class. But uh, I, I guess it's a two part answer. Uh, the recruiting landscape has changed significantly over the last three to four years. Uh, as we all can see, there's been a heightened awareness um, from prospective student athletes. Uh, many of these guys, three, four, and five-star gentlemen, to, to really seriously consider what an HBCU education and football experience can provide. And so we've seen young men uh, come to campuses on unofficial visits and even now so uh, actually take one of their five official visits. Uh, we had a young man, a four-star player, um, obviously, who uh, official visited our campus uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, you know, Coach Prime over at Jackson has signed the number one player in the country uh, in this class. Um, there are other four- and five-star guys that have really, you know, seriously considered it. So in that sense, it's changed tremendously. Uh, and then the other thing is the fact that, you know, now it's become – uh, signing day has become something that fans are excited about, you know, much like our, our PWI counterparts. And so uh, Route the Nation and, and other HBCU fan bases are really paying attention to what today brings because there will be some surprises. There will be some young men who uh, shun offers from PWIs and Power 5 schools to attend HBCUs. And that's exciting for all of us. It's exciting for our programs, exciting for our culture. And um, I, I'm excited and happy about the way things are going and hopefully we can continue to do so. Thank you, Coach. Marcus, go ahead. Get your Coach, question in. Uh, Coach Simmons, I had a question for you as it relates to NIL, if you're able to, to speak on that. To what degree in the last year, year and a half, has NIL altered your recruiting pitch? And to what degree have the recruits uh, embraced coming to an HBCU with the thinking that NIL may level the field or at least address some of the perceived disparities between HBCU athletics and those at PWIs? Well, obviously, uh, name, image, and likeness, uh, or, or the acronym NIL, has, has really changed the landscape. And, and it's, um, in many senses, it's made, uh, made for the rich to get richer. You know? And so there is a strategy that has to be in place. 
uh, for, for HBCUs and other low resource institutions to try as much as we can to level the playing field. Uh, because if we were already at a competitive disadvantage with facilities and, and some of the other infrastructure that Power 5 schools are afforded because of their huge uh, TV contracts. But now when you add NIL to the mix and the ability for these young men to, uh, in some cases, you know, garner six-figure um, contracts as, as student-athletes uh, has really made it to where we, as, as staffs at this level, um, have to be very strategic. And, and one, trying to um, secure means to, to provide NIL. We can't do it as far as the coaches in the school. Um, but, again, it's tapping into um, our alumni base in many senses. You look at a school like Texas A&M, uh, their alumni came together and, and, and pooled money together. Uh, and so just finding creative ways to do so will be something that we all have to, to do to try to keep up with the Joneses. And so, but it has, it has uh, presented some opportunities, great opportunities for us to, to, to monetize, um, not monetize our student athletes, but provide an opportunity and a space for them to be able to capitalize on the name, image, and likeness. And when you look at a guy like Shadur Sanders, who was the FCS freshman of the year, uh, being able to ink a deal with Gatorade, uh, it, it's, it's tremendous that, he has those opportunities and, and who's to say that if he was at a PWI prior five, that he would have gotten that. So uh, you come to this level, you play good football, you get national recognition, uh, major corporations are starting to take notice and, and, be, and willing to put their name and their brand on many of these young men. So again, it's an exciting time to be a student athlete in today's climate. Thank you, Coach. All right. All right, Coach. So the next thing I'm going to do, and what I'm going to do, Mark, Mark, so I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. We're going to just have the conversation with Coach first about offering and and what is the strategy about offering uh futures with students and everything we don't even want to put the names up we don't want nobody thinking that you're trying to do nothing because he doesn't have anything to do with the graphics that we have created for the program okay <laughs> so we want to make sure that we we get that going so um coach just yeah talk to us a little bit about how you offer kids in the future and then i'll let marcus after you answer that and what your strategy is if he has any follow-up questions because that was something that he's definitely specific engaged in so he'll have a little bit more, more knowledge on that than us. But just tell us about that. What is that strategy like for you? Well, you know, a lot of times it starts with identifying uh, prospective student athletes. And, you know, we're not just offering every four and five star kid out there. You know, we, we look at guys who have some kind of tie to Florida a and you know, whether it be through an alum, uh, maybe their parents, maybe a sibling, um, a church member, next door neighbor, but, but some reason that they've heard about Florida a and and so most of the guys that, that are, quote, unquote, high-profile student-athletes, uh, we've identified that there is a direct tie, right? Because, again, that's recruiting. It's about relationships. So regardless of whether you're a Power 5 program or an HBCU, it's going to be hard to uh, attract this young man, that uh, respectable young man, if you don't have a relationship with them, probably prior to them uh, looking at your school. And so that's where it starts. And then, believe it or not, a, a lot of the young men um, either reach out to us or make it known publicly that they're interested in HBCUs. And so a handful of the guys that we've offered reached out to us first, you know, and said, hey, coach, you know, I, I've heard about the program. I saw the documentary. Um, I, I, we love the things you're doing down there. And, and I really want to see what HBCU life and culture is like. And so we began that relationship. Uh, and then in other senses, you know, a guy may post something on his, on his social media feed to say, hey, I, I got a bunch of offers, but I hadn't had an HBCU offer which uh, a young man from the class of 24 just did that uh, last week. And then right after that, of course, you know, he got an offer from FAMU, from Southern, from Grambling, uh, I think Tennessee State. And so we all saw that tweet 
And so we all shot our shot, you know, and we'll start the recruiting process. And so, again, it's about identifying young men who have a passion for coming to an HBCU uh, and then beginning the recruiting process, building relationships, getting them on campus, uh, because if you can get them on campus, you have a chance. And we've been able to do that over the last couple of years. So that's our recruiting philosophy. Identify guys that, that really have an affinity for HBCUs uh, and then start the process of getting to know them and allowing them to get to know us with the hopes that, that we will have a shot at them in the future. Okay. Mark, do you got any follow-up on that? Uh, I, I kind of do, but I don't want to go into the details of names, but just looking at the offers for next year, we've offered, and this is, you know, for our FAMU fans, we've offered the number one running back, number one defensive end, the number one linebacker, whom we offered as a ninth grader. And I sent him a tweet saying, I hope you don't forget us in four years when we first made that offer. We'll see if he forgets us in four years or if he remembers. We've offered uh, the number three offensive lineman. I'm sorry, the, in, the, in their position rank, number three offensive lineman who's 36 overall. So Coach Simmons and staff is really putting in the work. And this is more of a statement versus a question. But what can we do as fans and alums that would help support uh, what you're trying to do with FAMU athletics? I think the biggest thing, yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I tell alum this all the time, is continue to sell the good news. You know, that is Florida A&M. You know, word of mouth is still a great recruiting tool. Uh, most of the information that these young men receive uh, is through word of mouth, right? You know, we don't play on TV as much as our PWI Power 5 counterparts. So whereas a young man may grow up, you know, I can remember, and many of you guys remember, you know, back when we were coming up, our only game on TV every Saturday was Notre Dame, right, because of their contract with NBC. And so most of us in some kind of capacity grew up Notre Dame fans, had no tie to the university, but we grew up Notre Dame fans because we saw them on TV a lot. That's how a lot of these young men uh, first get familiar with universities. Well, the fact that we don't play on TV every Saturday or ESPN major uh, networks every Saturday, the way young men get to know about us now is through word of mouth. So, again, if you know a young man who – you know, has a relative who graduated from FAMU, and he's a high-profile student-athlete, hey, approach him about, you know, his interest in possible interest in FAMU. Hey, would you really consider FAMU? Here's some reasons why, right? And, you know, not just through social media, which you have to be careful with that if you're a booster, but if you can reach out and touch that person at church, you know, at a football game or at whatever, wherever you see them, you know, begin to talk to them about it, you know, and, and tell them some of the things that we're going to say because we're going to sell all the things that we do have. And so if he's hearing that message on the front end, we can reinforce it on the back end. And then we have tangible evidence to show him to support that. Then again, it makes him a lot more interested in the university. And then also we talked about NIL. It doesn't hurt if somebody's willing to cut you know, a check to one of these young men as well <laughs> to say we're going to sponsor you and allow you to rep our brand. You know, so again, all those little ways. Uh, to do that, you know, allow us to, to, to stay in the game. You know, like you said, I, I feel confident that, you know, we'll see our fair share of three, four, five-star young men, you know, sign at FAMU here in the near future. And, um, you know, we're going to continue to stay diligent and recruit them. Uh, we have a great product, you know, academically, athletically, socially, you know, spiritually, the whole nine. And um, the young men who, who grace this campus will tell you about the first-class experience that they have at FAMU and why uh, they all say that was the best decision that they ever made in their lives, even if they started their careers at other universities, because there is something special, you know, brewing on the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you, Coach. All right, BJ, you got anything else? Yeah, Coach, uh, this past fall, um, I I, want to say, man, with with FAMU, you guys had the documentary, uh, Why Not Us? Uh, And something that I enjoyed, got a chance to, you know, look inside your program and the hard work that you guys uh, do. And I was already fond of Willie Simmons prior to that. But after that, man, I was more of a fan of, of you and the work that you do down there. So congratulations. But even in the fall, you had uh, first take down on the campus of, of Florida A&M. Uh, LeBron James uh, and his partnership with the university. How has all these things come together mm-hmm. to kind of help you uh, sell Florida A&M to recruits? And how has that even in, in, increased uh, the – uh, curiosity uh, of recruits in Florida a Well, you're absolutely right. You know, there has been a heightened awareness of, of Florida a and and a lot of those things have, have a profound impact on it. You know, we're in the age of, of, of branding. You know, that's what NIL is all about. You know, young men branding themselves. Uh, but anytime you can attach yourself to a marquee brand, uh, it, it immediately raises awareness, you know, to, to the masses. And so when we say that we're that we're the only school in America, not only HBCU, with only school in America with an exclusive apparel deal with LeBron James, right? Every student athlete grows up admiring LeBron James. If you ask many of them, he's the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. And so we can show them, hey, not only are we attached to LeBron James, but look at these LeBron James shoes that our basketball team plays in. Look at this LeBron James sweatshirt that we're able to walk around in. Look at the travel gear that we're going to have. Look at the fact that he goes on and plays basketball games in orange and green tennis shoes, right? And he reps Florida A&M. That says something to prospective student-athletes. ESPN, right, the number one uh, you know, sports network in the world, you know, to be able to do a documentary on us. Chris Paul, another you know, marquee name. And so the fact that we can attach ourselves to these brands, First Take, you know, Kevin Hart, Stephen A. Smith, you know, all these individuals, uh, again, has, has leveled the playing field for us, you know. And, again, I commend Jackson State and Gremlin. They're hiring coaches who have that type of name recognition. You know, I'm not that household name, right? Willis Simmons is in the Hall of Famer. You know, I'm not, I'm not a former NFL head coach. But the Florida a brand is as strong as it's ever been and is one of the strongest brands in the country at this, at this point because of the partnerships that we have. So we're going to continue to use those and highlight those as much as we can and that has brought a lot of interest, uh, not only to the university, I mean, as far as the, the football program, but to, to the university as a whole, and, uh, and that's benefiting throughout the nation, you know, worldwide. Thank you, Coach. All right, Coach Simmons. Well, you know, like I said, we're going to be here for another few hours. That 35, that that, that 30 mark at the, at the bottom of the hour is yours. So if y'all get something special coming in that you want to share with us, you know, if you if you want us to promise, you can hit me with a text and we'll get you right back in if anything uh, special is going on. But coach, again, as always, I think this is your third year participating with us with, um, in this in this signing day thing. So first off, we want to say thank you for your continued support of what we're doing here. And, um, you know, I know that there was an announcement uh, made shortly or made previously about some stuff that's happened to Grambling. I can't remember if they made the announcement with you guys yet, but. I'm going to check my sources before I put it out there. We may have to be able to come back and drop another announcement. They help give the Rattlers a little bit more shine in this process as, as they move forward today, too. Because we already know about some stuff because we'll be, we'll be down there helping to, helping to move it all along. So, again, folks, this is head coach Willie Simmons of the Florida a Rattlers. Coach, before you get out of here, what do you want to say to Rattler Nation about today? 
Well, again, we're excited about today. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we, we did have one surprise. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to announce that here soon. We, uh, you know, stole us a linebacker, you know, from, from an SEC school. And uh, we're very excited about that three-star young man. And he'll, he'll, uh, we're going to drop some names here in the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, and obviously everyone knows about the elephant in the room, the four-star that we've had on our campus that, you know, is, is shown us a lot of love. And um, if, if that, if that, fax or email comes through i don't know if i'll be able to get on back on the show i'll be turning cartwheels and running up and down tennessee street with no clothes on <laughs> but, uh, but no man just you know today's always an exciting time you know i remember my signing day um ironically you know i signed it over at shanks high school and the next thing i did me and the, the seven other guys that signed that day we jumped in our cars with our suits on and guess what we came Straight to the set. We, we came to the set. We came to the set, man. Our suits on. They thought we were SBI students, obviously, because we had our suits on. But, but no, man, it's just an exciting day. Young men get to realize their dream of playing major college football. Uh, you know, parents get to see that they're going to, uh, you know, allow their young men to go to school for free. And so it's just an amazing time across the country uh, for many reasons. So we're excited to be a part of it. Um, you know, we won't make as much noise today as far as the number of guys we signed because we did a lot of our signing in the mid-year. Um, but we'll debut the entire class tonight uh, at the moon. Uh, doors open at 5 p.m. The, the event starts at 6. Um, we'll debut the class. You know, we'll have a Q&A, and we'll talk about the schedule for this fall. And, uh, and after that, we'll, we'll have us a good old time, man. But just excited about the things that are happening on the highest of seven hills. Follow us, FAMU Athletics, uh, at FAMU Football, underscore football. Uh, follow me at HC Willie Simmons. Um, our coaches, I mean, again, just continue to support these young men, support this program. Uh, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Great things are happening on the highs of Seven Hills in Tallahassee, and uh, we're just blessed to be able to represent the number one HBCU in the in the land, and also the number one institution in, in the land. So, thank you guys, and look forward to catching up soon. All right, Coach. One you, more time. What time is that event starting tonight? Doors open at five p.m. and um, and we'll start the event at six at the Moon. Of course, all y'all know what the Moon is. You know, y'all spent many <laughs> Wednesdays and Saturdays at the Moon. They're they're off Lafayette Street, so. <laughs> uh, but again, we'll have a great time. Uh, $20 at the door and um, you'll know, have food. Uh, we have some some beverages and they just give you a chance to just network throughout the nation and talk about this great class that we that we have today and uh, then see the future of family football. Is that a big be stream for folks who aren't in Tallahassee? I do think it'll be a streaming option. Uh, I'll get the information okay. and text it to you so that you can uh, so you can promote it. Oh, All right. Like I was going to ask. Again, that. Po- All right, folks. Once again, thank you, Coach Willis Simmons. We'll be back with more. Right after this. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never, ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com 
and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. Florida A&M Rattlers, Texas Southern Tigers, where you at? First, the ladies of the Rattlers and Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the SWAC title. The fam use fierce on the floor and anxiously await their arrival. This HBCU showcase will be electric. Don't miss it. TSU, fam you, pull up, tap in. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. The family anxiously await their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV.
Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the BCSN Game Time signing, National Signing Day uh, show. We're getting it going. Of course, joining me is Marcus Green and BJ Jones. Just finished a great conversation with head coach Willie Simmons of Florida A&M University. All right. So here's now that we got coach off, we can talk a little bit about some other stuff. I'm going to throw it out there anyway. And I'm going to start with BJ on this one as well. BJ, you tell me. Knowing what you know after you as you talked about it, you watched the documentary, you've seen some of the things going on in Tallahassee. Where do you think now that FAMU is in the swag, where do you see them in the hierarchy over the course of the next, say by the end of the next three to five years? FAMU's gonna be right there at the top. Um when you look at what Willie Simmons has done since he's been at Florida AM. Um has been remarkable. I mean, Willie Simmons could realistically have right now three conference championships. If we're keeping it honest, look at what he did in the MEAC. He was literally a pick six away from winning it uh, in 2018. 
2019 could have won it, but you know, self-imposed sanctions. Um, no 2020, but 2021, a 7-6 loss to Jackson State kept him out of the, the, the conference championship. Willie Simmons has literally been right there, close, no cigar. Uh, and he's right there to get FAMU um, their first outright conference championship uh, in, in a long time. It's been a minute down there in Tallahassee. So I think over the next couple of years, I think that he gets over the hump. And you look at all of the positive momentum that Florida A&M has right now. We talk about LeBron James. We talk about First Take. We're talking about the documentary and other things. Number one public HBCU uh, in the United States. Yeah, I, Willie Simmons is going to ride that momentum and get that, that football program to where it needs to be. So I think when it's all said and done, I think they're going to be right there in the top two or three programs in the conference. All right, Marcus, what about you? Although I know you are slightly biased, but go ahead. <laughs> I am, but, you know, to be honest, I'm really dipping my toe into to the SWAC as a conference because I hadn't really paid much attention prior to FAMU joining, not for – you know, not for uh, lack of interest, but, you know, we're focused on the MEAC. So I don't have a good enough feel in terms of uh, the overall SWAC, you know, looking five years forward. But I see, we'll say that FAMI will be in the mix. But if you look at this recruiting classes for this year and bringing in Hugh Jackson and what Coach Sanders is doing, Coach Prime is doing, and how everyone's game has had to elevate, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I would say we're top three, top five, but everyone stepped their game up. So you can't really crown FAMU or anyone else as being as dominant as I say we've seen some teams be in other conferences. But I think we'll be in the mix, you know, based on the support, the recruiting, and the path of success that Coach Simmons has already laid since he's been here since 2018. And if you think about 2018, we were roughly one play against Jackson State when we didn't get the field goal unit on time, ran out of time. The Florida Classic, where we threw that pick six, you know, we were marching down and could have. And then also um, when we went up to Howard and we were, I think, favorite because we had gone on a six-game winning streak and lost the game to Howard in kind of an upset fashion. We were literally three mm, games that came down to the end or close to it from having three straight nine win seasons. So his track record says, yes, we're always going to be in the mix, but the competition is elevating with the coaching, the transfer portal and the recruiting. So I can't guarantee we're going to be in the top two, but I think we're always going to be in the mix. All right. Well, there we go with that. So let's do this now, Marcus, we're going to go ahead and run your graphics up. Oh, and you, you go ahead and let the folks know what each one of them is, and uh, we're mm -hmm. going to go from there, all right? Most well, certainly. Thank so you. We, we got about seven minutes before Coach Jackson is going to be getting ready to join us, too. So Okay. All right. All right. Now, starting with our verbal commits, these are young men who actually gave uh, verbal commitments, or at least on Twitter. I don't know. Of course, the coaches have the inside intel. And these include some of the mid-year signees that I'm assuming is going to sign today. So we've got to keep an eye on those. And if you go to the FAMI website, there are only maybe five or six folks that signed in December. I think three JUCO offensive linemen, um, Zaire Riley, the high school DB from 
from Gadsden County, TJ Dimas from uh, Clearwater Central Catholic, and there's one more person that I happen, I'm not recalling right now, but we had about six signees, but we had a few other verbal commitments from transfers. And we had some recent ones in early January as well. So going through Kareem Burke, he is now, it sounds as though, at least according to his Twitter feed, that he signed and he's, he's committed. We had verbal commitments from last summer from offensive lineman Christopher Williams. Uh, Jordan Gilly from uh, Florida High, uh, Florida State University School, the high school on Florida State's campus, actually committed verbally last night via his Twitter feed. Uh, there's a linebacker, Datarius Lee, out of Deerfield Beach that committed last August. Uh, Brendan Hall uh, from Dixie County High School uh, in Florida had verbally committed as well. And then we go on the series of transfers from either FCS or FBS level, just looking to hopefully confirm that they're coming uh, between Jalen Goss, transfer from Florida State, Jeremy Musa, transfer quarterback from Vanderbilt, Jordan Moore uh, from Kilgore Community College in Texas. But he also started out at Texas A&M as a four-star recruit in the class of 2018. Destin Coates coming home. To Tallahassee, running back for, at Georgia State, coming back for this year. And two Iowa State transfers, uh, Eric Horn uh, from Jacksonville Reigns High School and uh, Kimani King, a DB uh, from Iowa State, who's from the Tampa area. I don't recall the exact high school, but all of those are the verbal commits and just hoping to get confirmation today. Potential signees, well, Kristen Miller is the four-star defensive lineman and unfortunate, well, Fortunate for him. So it's a blessing to be able to sign and go to a school, get your school paid for and play the sport that you love. But he did not sign with FAMU. So I'm a little disappointed. But he did come down to campus a couple weeks ago and had a visit and seemed like all was going well. So as far as potential signees, I think we can take them off the list. But this was pre his announcement uh, at 12 noon. Uh, some other folks who popped up this week, uh, Cameron Segur an athlete from Eagles Landing Christian Academy, uh, Tyreek Thorpe, I'm sorry, young man from Western High School. And these guys have some accolades coming out. And as I think we some of the, some of the trickle down effect of the transfer portal early signing days that some quality athletes are coming to HBUs or at least getting offers to HBUs, HBCUs that might otherwise have group of five offers. Um, Marcus, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you to, let's, let's put a pin in that for right now. Uh, because we actually do seem to have Coach Jackson preparing to come in. So we're going to go ahead and get him in because we know these coaches are busy, so we don't want to hold them once we get them. And I know we've already got a few questions that we want to ask and give him an opportunity to talk to everyone about what's going on over there with G-Men and uh, see how that's going to be. So I believe we're getting, getting him. There he is. Yeah. Coach Hugh Jackson. Yes, Coach sir. Jackson, how are you doing today? I mean, I am fired up. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Then. Well, again, everyone, we want to welcome many of you already know the face and know the name. The Gramlinites out there, they are all smiling from ear to ear. We have the legendary coach, Hugh Jackson, who is now the head coach here at, ja at, at um, Hugh Jackson, the new head coach at Grambling State, getting it going. Coach, we're going to do this. So, you know what, because we're new to this space with us in the program, we're going to give you the opportunity to first to say whatever you want to say about your program and stuff. And then Marcus and BJ are going to have a couple of questions for you. 
to get in there and, um, and get going. And then we'll talk to you a little bit about what you guys have going on as far as the recruits. Well, thank you. Uh, what I would like to say is first, I'm just uh, elated. Um, first by our fan, the Graham fan uh, community. They've done a great job of, of helping us and being a part of this process as we recruit these student athletes. Uh, it's a very diverse group that we're going to bring here, a very talented group. And we're excited about what they're going to add to the men that already exist uh, on our campus. And we're looking forward to uh, doing everything we can to restore the rich uh, tradition and history here at Gramlin State University. All right. BJ, we're going to let you start off with your questions for Coach Jackson. Since uh, Coach Jackson, just to let you know now, we, in full dis disclosure, we don't like to bombard or just catch people off guard with anything. <laughs> he is a former Southern Jaguar. So, oh, you know. man, you hurt me. <laughs> you hurt me. You had to go there first. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, BJ. Well, Coach, first of all, I want to say welcome to the, the SWAC and the HBCU ranks. Thank you. Um, and I hope that you do a wonderful job up there at Grambling. Hollow Grounds up there, the, the house that Eddie Robinson built. So uh, nothing but respect for you and, and that program up there. Um, how has it been, Coach, uh, you know, transitioning from Tennessee State uh, over to Grambling State? We know what that program means uh, to not only HBCU football, but college football as a whole. And, uh, you know, walking in the same footsteps of, of Eddie Robinson and the greatness there, how has this last uh, what month or two uh, been for one Hugh Jackson? Well, it's been one of um, uh, uh, we've hit the ground running, I probably should say. But you just said something that's so true. Uh, to be here following the footsteps of the great Eddie Robinson, I, I wear that. I wear that every day. Uh, I want to do everything I can to bring back uh, what I think is should be one of the best HBCU programs in all of college football. And uh, when I decided to take the job, I knew that that came with it. So I immediately wanted to make sure that I had the right men around me. I was able to do that quickly and we got to work. I don't know if there's a day that we've stopped um, because we understand recruiting is our, is our lifeblood. We know we have to do it and do it at a high level. We know we have to put more talent on our football team as fast as we can to compete, uh, to be the type of team we want to be. So we've worked at this every day. I'm so excited about my staff. I think it's one of the best staffs I've ever been involved with. But more so than that, I'm excited about the young men, the student athletes that made a decision uh, to come with us uh, to Grambling State University to get this program turned around. Thank you, Coach. Well, Coach Jackson, I'm Marcus Green. And full disclosure, I'm a family rattler. So hopefully... <laughs> Well, you it don't get any better, right? We went from Southern to FAMU. Yes. Uh, I guess one of my questions is, what first planted the seed for you to want to come to HBC, HBCUs and take leadership of a, of a historic program like Grambling? I think it started for me at Tennessee State. You know, being with Eddie George, being a part of his program, seeing the impact that we were having on these young men's lives and their ability to have a chance to maybe play at the next level, um, just to watch those guys really do anything that they thought that they needed to do to have a chance to be successful. That was refreshing for me. And then to look across, you know, the HBCU landscape and see some really good coaches, you know, Coach Simmons is as good as there is. Coach Sanders is in the league. You have Eddie George in the league. You have Coach Maynard, Coach Dooley. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, th th this is really competitive. 
And boy, when you start to see the schools and for me to have a chance to be the head coach at what I consider the King Kong of the HBCUs, it gets no better than that. Thank you, Coach. Sure. Hey, Coach, with this recruiting um, cycle, one of the things that, that jumped out to a lot of people um, was your ability to go to the West Coast uh, mm. and bring in, in some kids. And that's the West Coast has always been a, a hot topic for HBCU alums. Like, hey, we have kids that are reaching out and saying, hey, I want the HBCU experience. You guys don't come out here. Uh, but to see you open that gate up uh, has meant a lot. How has that been uh, going to uh, California, going out west, and, and and pitching that Grambling brand? It's it's been uh, it's been great. You know, obviously I'm from Los Angeles, so a lot of my relationships are still there, um, and so I'm able to kind of use that to our advantage. Uh, obviously, Long Beach uh, Poly is one of the best high school football programs in all of Los Angeles. Uh, we were able to make, you know, some impact there. We were in, able to make some impact at Alamany High School, and we hope to do more. But you said something that's so important. The Graham family, the chapters, the charter chapters that are there, they are so active in making sure that we know where all the great players are. So I'm just thankful that, you know, when they say Graham family, it really does mean that. They are doing anything and everything they can to help the coaches know where these good players are because they want to see their university do well. Thank you. Uh, Coach uh, Jackson, I have a question for you as well. Um, and it's something I've noticed, I've tracked, I guess, generally Jack you recruiting. So I haven't expanded yet to the full swag and I've been doing that for a few years, going back to when Billy Joe was coaching FAMU. So that was 20 years ago. But what can Grambling do, I guess as a specific example, or HBCUs in general do to stem the flow of, I guess, the sons of HBCU alums who made it to the NFL or even NFL players to consider HBCUs? Well, I, I really think that uh, that is changing, that dynamic's changing. I think players are starting to understand that, I'm sure through their dads, that is not about the sparkle of the place. It's about the people that are in the place who are gonna prepare you um, in the class, help you be better in the classroom, and who's gonna prepare you to be better on the football field. I think the landscape of college football is starting to change. I think we can all see it. Um, you know, we, we deal now with the uh, name, image, and likeness um, that all of a sudden that is starting to um, be everywhere. And I think we're all having to navigate that. But at the same time, I think these players are understanding we need to play and we need to be in a place where people are going to give us the best environment for us to be the best we can be. You have the portal that you're dealing with now. So I kind of like it a little bit to pro football, right? So recruiting is like drafting players, you know, the portal is like free agency, you know, and then you're going to trade because some players are going to leave just naturally. You're going to, cut some players, trade some players. Those things are just going to happen. So I think uh, when I look at it and I take it in with our staff, that's kind of the way we talk about it. So there's so many different buckets that you can get your team better. But at the same time, you have to understand the lay of the land. And I think the parents now understand it is truly more about the people now instead of just the look and the, the Nike this, the Adidas that, the, this room, that room. Who are the people that's going to be around my kids uh, day in and day out? 
Thank you. And actually, I have a quick follow-up, if I may. You must have been reading my mind because I was writing down the question that, about the transfer portal. And do you believe that your NFL experience with free agency as a coach gives you an advantage in terms of the transfer portal if they're analogous or if there's a parallel there? Uh, I, I do, because I truly believe that talent doesn't fit everywhere. You know, we're looking for a certain type of student athlete to come to Gramlin State University and play for us. So we have a profile of the players that we're looking for, just like I'm sure every school does. And so I think it's so important that when we go into the portal that we're very intentional on the player that we want uh, to come play for us. And so it's not about getting all the most talented players. It's about getting the players that can play for you, that can stay in school, guys who will meet the demands every day of what it is to be a student athlete. Thank you, Coach. All right, well, Coach, thank you. Oh, BJ, you had something else? Got one more. Got one more. Got to go. Coach, today has already been a big day for you. Huge day for not only Grambling State University, but for HBCUs. And I say about an hour ago, uh, outside the Dallas, the, the Dallas suburb of Lancaster, Texas, you dropped a bomb. Uh, there's one that's, one that's going to be uh, talked about on the ESPN and CBS and everywhere else. And that's going to bring a lot of attention to Grambling. Uh, what does that mean for your program to – to get a commitment and a, and a signing such as the one you were able to grab uh, that shows where we over a lot of power five schools. Well, I think um, it's important. I mean, we have to be able to be in that space. And if we're going to be uh, the type of football team, we want to be competing for championships year in, year out. We have to have those guys feel good about us. Want to be a part of what we're selling at Grambling state university, wanting to, be a part of that community, that environment in school, and, and want to have a chance to help us be the best we can be. Thank you, Coach. Sure. All right. Well, Coach, with that being said, um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit, if you mind talking a little bit about it. I'm going to flash up, actually, the um, some of your Twitter feed here oh, from Grambling and let some of the folks see. Let's see. Let me make sure. I, okay. Let me get this thing right here to make sure we can get it in there so that I can get these things going down and we can talk about some of these kids. Uh, you, look, you guys have been on the – y'all Twitter feed has been exploding, <laughs> as, as folks can see. So let's let's see if we start with this one. Xavier – is that Cosair? Yeah, X-Man. We call him X-Man. Okay. Yeah, he's a defensive tackle from uh, Long Beach City College. Uh, tremendous player, uh, strength, speed toughness he has knockback you know he plays defensive tackle uh he's versatile can play on the end as well uh, but we're excited about having him be a part of our program all right so now now see now i'm curious so i'm i'm gonna see the young man that bj was just talking about he is he is signed already uh i'm not i, I when you comment on him that's when i'm gonna comment on him. <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, let, let's, Marcus let's laughing at me. I ain't taking that chance, Marcus. There you go. Hey, listen, we, we, we understand, Coach. We don't want to get you in any trouble. So this, this one has been put out by the school, so we're going to miss the Byron Jones. Yes, Byron Jones is a, another defensive tackle. As you can see, a little, a little uh, statement being here. We're, we're, we need to make sure that we get bigger and stronger uh, with these big guys. He's very physical. Big man. I mean, he is uh, all legs and and butt and very strong, and boy, he has knocked back. Uh, he has initial quickness, and boy, we're excited about him being a part of our program as well. All right. 
Let's see here. Who's the next new G-man? Melvin Capers. Yes, Melvin Capers. Yes. Another defensive tackle. Here we go. We stand in that area. These big bodies. Um, Melvin's another defensive tackle. Can play along the front. Um, Maybe not as big as the last two, but very physical. Great initial quickness. Uses his hands really well. Uh, We're excited about what he brings uh, to our football program as well. All right, yeah. See, right now we're on it looking like it. So folks will really need to be careful when they step up to <laughs> come to play Grambling. If nothing <laughs> else, y'all going to be deep, deep in that defensive tackle space. Yes, sir. And then we got Mr. Bradley Lewis. Mm-hmm. Another D-line. He's a defensive end. <laughs> yeah, so again, Bradley Lewis is um, a defensive end. Uh, he has great initial quickness. He's relentless to the football. Uh, he knows how to go get the quarterback and get the quarterback down on the ground. And, um, again, we're excited about all these young men you just mentioned. Uh, coach Delgado is going to be our defensive line coach. He will mentor these guys. He coached Malcolm Garrett. So we're excited about bringing these, these young men into the fold as defensive linemen and have a chance to learn under him. Okay, well, we, we got two more, so we'll go ahead and see if we can talk about them. I think this one says committed Mr. Chance Williams. Oh, wow. Signed, we call yeah. him Lamborghini. Because he can run. Oh, yeah. He's something about, we call him Lambo. Uh, exceptional speed, quickness, short area quickness. Uh, he, I think he's one of the best young running backs in the country. Uh, we're excited about him. Uh, there's nothing he can't do with a football. He's a three-down running back. And so uh, he's going to bring some excitement to our offense. All right. And the last one that we have on the list as of now, let's see here. Faison Wilson. Woof. Big Faison Wilson. This guy is special. I mean, I don't know much that he can't do with a football. He can catch it. He can intercept it. He can, he can do a lot of things, but he's going to play receiver for us. Uh, big, strong, physical, tough, uh, with top-end speed, uh, with, with unbelievable um, balls tracking skills. And so we're excited about having him as well. All right. Now, BJ, is that the young man? I see he is from Lancaster. Is that the young man you were referring to? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there, there he is. So he signs BJ, with Coach you're right. BJ, he's <laughs> special. BJ knows it now. That young man is special, and we're so glad to have him be a part of our program. Well, well Coach, listen, we do call BJ the guru of HBCU football, so we know That's he him. knows his stuff. Yes, and, he does. And Coach, I, we definitely want to – I appreciate all of your time that you're doing this. And I know we're going to get out and hopefully if you can get a, a, a few more in a little bit later, we'll get you back on. I've got two things that I want to ask you about. If you can talk about it, I know you guys have, have got a, a, an agreement and a deal going with our partners, HBCU League Pass and Urban Edge Networks. Uh, you want to, can you talk a little bit about how that's going to impact and help you guys out? Well, I think we're uh, at the beginning stages of it. So I kind of want to make sure that before I roll it out is truly rolled out. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to really impact um, our our student athletes uh, tremendously, the university, um, and it should. I mean, that's just the day and age that we're in. Uh, but I'm just excited about where we are right now with it and exactly where we can go. And just being on this network, I mean, this is amazing, you know. And so this is going to be a special time and a special uh, opportunity for, for us here at Grambling State University. Okay, well, I can tell you, we are definitely going to be looking forward to coming over and engaging with you all throughout this process. 
the last question I have to ask, Coach, it's a little bit off of the, the HBCU um, thing. If you don't mind, and you can, if you yeah. don't want to comment on it, okay. I have no problem. I understand. But we have heard the breaking news of the things that are happening with Brian Flores mm-hmm. down in Miami. Um, I am, I have a very, a whole lot of mixed feelings about that. I am a born and bred Miami Dolphins fan and a fan my entire life and was completely flabbergasted when he was released and um, as, as a coach after what he's done for the team. With this class action lawsuit that he has coming, which means it's not just him. There has to be other people who are going to be engaged in this conversation. What is your take on that, having been in the NFL? And, you know, people say, you know, we get a lot of just random. I, I'm trying to remember the, the exact words to use when they talk about the Rooney rule and the interviews that they get. You know, they're just, they're just things to say, hey, we did it. They weren't actual real interviews that people were even thinking about being considered. But talk to us a little bit about your feeling about what that situation is doing and, and, and just your input from someone who is in that space. Right. Well, let me say this. I stand behind Brian Flores 120 uh, percent because he said something that I think is so true. Um, I think he's doing everything he can to better the situation for minorities. And I think that's what all of us who have been head coaches before uh, truly want to do is be able to have impact, uh, to leave the right legacy for the young coaches that are coming behind us so they don't have to deal with some of the things that uh, we've seen some of the other minority coaches deal with. Um, it's very unfortunate, uh, but I, I, you know, again, it's, I'm sure more things will come out over the next several days, but I think Brian Flores, I, I really applaud him for having the strength uh, to step up and, and really say enough. And it's time to turn the page and open some of these um, things that's been happening to our minority coaches. I think we all know this has been the 101-year history of the league. There's only been 19 minority head coaches. So that's got to tell you something. I mean, numbers don't lie. I know sometimes they don't tell the truth. But, boy, there's some numbers right there that I think we can really dig into and find out what's going on here. All right. Well, again, everyone, we are here with the head coach, the new head coach of Grambling State University, the G-Man, Coach Jackson. Getting there, Coach, we definitely appreciate your time for coming on. I think you guys are going to start doing some things about 3 o'clock Central, your time. Yes, sir. To get on. We will probably be off by then. But, Coach, listen, anytime you've got anything that you want to say, you make sure you give us a call at the Black College Sports Network. We can get the information out for you. You know, between that and with the HBCU League Pass, we've got the entire world covered. And we'll make thank sure you so that much. you guys have that, that yeah, information. I just want to thank Marcus and BJ. Obviously, what great guys. This I, I can tell you guys are very passionate about this as well. And that says a lot because I just think we need to do everything we can to shine the light on the HBCUs because they deserve it. And I think we need to do everything we can to get it better. How can we scale the HBCUs so that we're talking about them like we do all these other Power 5 schools across the country because our men deserve it just as well as everybody else. Well, Coach, if you can hang on just a second after we go to commercial, I can give you an answer for that one. Okay. All right, folks, you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We are here at the BCSN Game Time signing, National Signing Day Show. We'll be back right after this. It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. 
Florida A&M Rattlers, Texas Southern Tigers, where you at? First, the ladies of the Rattlers and Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the SWAC title. The fam use spears on the floor and anxiously await their arrival. This HBCU showcase will be electric. Don't miss it. TSU, FAMU, pull up, tap in. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. The family anxiously await their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Hello, and welcome back. We are here getting ready to get this thing going. We're going to continue where we were. Uh, Marcus was actually going through some of his things for the family folks. But, you know, guys, before we jump back into that recruit, that was a great interview with, with Coach Jackson. You know, and and I'm, you know, I was actually thinking about it. I was actually thinking about it before I asked that question. And I'd like to see, you know, I was talking to talking to Brian early, earlier today, Dr. B. And one of the things that we were talking about, you know, we want to see change in these organizations, but it's not going to change. It's it's in the, the unfortunate reality. It's almost like going into somebody's house and telling them what furniture they have to have. Until we can find a way to band together and collectively move away from that space, there's not going to be anybody. But, you know, there are two new professional football leagues that are coming up. The USFL and the XFL are coming back out. And there's going to be a lot of places that are looking for coaches. I'm, you know, 
until the NFL feels it in their pocket, nothing is going to really change, in my opinion. So. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, we, we saw it through throughout the history of the, these United States of America. Change is often, often rooted in the economy and, and finances. Uh, you saw it with the, the Tea Party. Go all the way back then. Money has to be impacted. Uh, the Civil Rights Movement with the Montgomery bo- uh, bus boycott. Once you start hitting the revenue and finances, then that's when people have this this change of heart. And I don't think that you can have uh, a holistic change with the NFL um, until that happens. The NFL knows what their problems are. Uh, it's well documented. Uh, and you can't just put a stop racism sticker on the helmet or, <laughs> you know, in, in the end zone and, and fix it. Um, it starts with your hiring practices uh, and, and the things that you do day in and day out. But until uh, we collectivize as, as a people and say, Hey, we're not going to stand for it unless the players grow some type of a backbone, and it's going to be business as usual. All right, Marcus, you got anything you want to say on it? Well, NFL is the big behemoth, so I don't know to what degree we can affect the pocket. And and just looking at the Colin Kaepernick events, the the outrage only goes so far. And so it'll be interesting to see if all these allies that have collectively uh, rallied behind some of the racial the racial uh, episodes going on since George Floyd, if they still remain as dedicated or if they're going to say, well, you know, I can I can avoid that. That's not my challenge or that's not my reality. So this they're bringing the legal aspect to it, though, having a class class action lawsuit uh, from Coach Flores and suing the NFL is a major step. I think it'll, you know, we talked a little bit before, maybe offline and maybe a little bit online about that book called The 50, 50 Year Seduction about the TV and how the 1980 to 84 Supreme Court ruling on the NCAA being a, a cartel releasing, they having to release the colleges to be able to do their own TV deals, we may see the same type of ripple effect or even bigger, depending on the ruling, you know, if this lawsuit progresses and then depending on whatever ruling happens in terms of uh, equal opportunity, in terms of fairness and hiring and to what degree an entity that's as large and as as profitable and so interwoven into the fabric of the United States and even globally, such as the NFL, what impact this lawsuit is going to have. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, we do have some other discussions because ultimately all of these things will be impacting all of us as we move, whether we're fans or whether we know and have folks who are in the league. But let's go ahead and jump right back into your continued analysis of what's going on at Florida A&M University. Uh, yes, potential signees. Uh, we'll start off again. Uh, Christian Miller, apparently at 12 noon today, committed to University of Georgia. So we'll be updating that PowerPoint, unfortunately, for FAMU. Uh, there's still a couple who received offers, I want to say, late this week or within the last two weeks or so. So these are relatively new names, if you will. And, of course, the coaches know all the names because they're making the offers. But as someone who tries to track via social media, you know, just tracking those names and keeping an eye out on who's signing and who has it. Uh, 
Cameron Segur, an athlete out of Eagles Landing Christian Academy, typically a, a power in the Class A private uh, classification in Georgia. Uh, Tyreek Thorpe, uh, wide receiver athlete out of Western High School in Davie, Florida. So some of the South Florida talent. Uh, Nayron Jenkins, another athlete at Buchholz High School in Gainesville, who progressed very far in the playoffs this year, I believe, either to the state semifinal, either the regional finals or state semifinals. Uh, Jack Brooks, uh, local kid out of Tallahassee, uh, Leon High School, didn't have a real successful season, but he was named the Tallahassee Democrat Big Ben Special Team Player of the Year. And that's very poignant because I believe FAMU is losing at least two kickers. I believe our All-American punter, Chris Fadul, may be graduating or exhausted his el eligibility. Another uh, backup, uh, Julius Duarte is leaving. And I believe we had at least one young man who was a, a kicker punter going on the transfer portal. So we're, we need some depth there. Uh, Michael Watson, uh, linebacker out of Langston Hughes High School in Atlanta, suburban Atlanta. Uh, very talented. I was surprised. We offered him, and I was surprised when I looked at his film uh, at the how, I don't know, I guess you wouldn't call him hidden, but I would have thought based on highlight films, taking that with a grain of salt, knowing it's all highlights, but that he didn't have offers at the group of five or power five level, or at least not as many as I thought were commensurate with his talent. And Christopher Williams, I actually have him on both lists for verbal and for potential signees and offensive linemen out of Tampa Catholic High School. So we'll I, see if these come through. And I can tell you with Michael Watson, um, kid out of Langston Hughes, I, I think for him, I think it was just a, I think that's the pain of being in the Atlanta metro area. There's so many kids. Um, we're talking about on the news that you know, the Atlanta metro area alone, you know, produces over 100 Division One signings. It's not including the Division Two and NIA guys and guys that go the JUCO route. And I think that he kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But when you look at that young man, 6'3", 230 pounds, plays a linebacker position, has the ability to play sideline to sideline. Uh, he does exceptionally well in coverage. Uh with that 6'3 frame, uh, I, I think that he's going to, if you look at him, he looks the way that a linebacker is supposed to to, to, to look. Um, he, he's a person looking in the uniform. Uh, did some great things over there at Langston Hughes and that football program. Uh, plays in space exceptionally well. If there is a hmm or a, a growth opportunity to, uh, towards game, uh, it's going to be taking on the run, taking on those blockers. Uh, sometimes he's not as, as strong, but th that will develop um, as he get into, you know, college weight room and he's going to pick up some weight. And it's going to be interesting, interesting to see uh, with that 6'3", 230-pound frame, does he remain a linebacker at the collegiate level or they transition him uh, to maybe a defensive end? Because uh, he definitely has the athleticism to be able to do that. Oh, okay. That's a great insight. Now, actually, transitioning, I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roy. I just said BJ Guru. Yes. <laughs> so thank you. So hopefully he will sign on with FAMU, and we'll see him in the fall going forward. Now, transitioning a little bit, and we touched on it in a, anonymously, didn't use the names, but touched on it a little bit with Coach Simmons during his segment. 
looking at the 2023 top offers. And you know, I was thinking this morning, you know, I was compiling this and kind of getting it in final fashion. And I was thinking if signing lists had walk-up music, either this one would be I Ain't No Joke or I Go to Work. Because you look at the players that FAMU has offered, we're offered the number one line, I'm sorry, number one defensive lineman for class of 23. And he's the number three overall recruit. And he happens to be the son of our former AD, who's now the athletic director at Kennesaw State. So I don't know if that's a good thing or, or not for us. Um, Anthony Hill, a linebacker out of Texas, who's number 10 in the 24-7 national rank. I'm the number one linebacker. And we offered him as a ninth grader. Richard Young, and we may have seen some noise about him in the December time frame, the number one running back for class of 2023, number 16 overall. And he mentioned that he will be taking official visits to FAMU and to Jackson State. Uh, Samson, and I hope I pronounced his last name, Okunlola, Okunlola, who's a number 36 prospect and a number three offensive lineman. Uh, Chandavian Bradley was a recent offer, I think in the last two weeks or so. He's the number six uh, edge defensive end overall for class of 2023. And he's out of Missouri. Cedric Baxter, another running back from Florida, down in the central Florida area. Raylan Wilson, an alum, and this is kind of what I was speaking to about, about uh, Coach Jackson, was that Raylan Wilson's dad played at FAMU, Robert Wilson, involved for the New Orleans Saints. And I think uh, there was one other team, I don't know if it was the Minnesota Vikings, but he played in the NFL. His one son is going to Grambling this year. He signed, I believe he signed or at least committed to go to Grambling for class of 2022. But he's a four-star linebacker. And last that I saw, he's committed to the University of Michigan. And he's playing right there in Tallahassee. So that's what I was speaking to Coach Jackson about. How do we get former NFL players and or the sons of FAMU football players or any HBCU football players to come home? And how do we make that happen? Now, Braxton Myers, another recent offer, number 100-rated player, number six-rated safety. Uh, Makari Vickers, another one. I skipped him by accident, but a DB four-star out of right there in Tallahassee as well. St. John Paul, the second school, four-star defensive back. His dad played at FAMU, and I think his dad is or is a recently uh, may have left the position of being team chaplain. And then just goes on and on with all these players that are very highly rated based on the 24-7 national rank and position rank. And these are the type of players that FAMU is offering now. And not that we haven't offered in the past, and I mentioned to you previously, Roy, and anyone who watched the 24-7 signing day special that came on, uh, I guess it's been on since 9, but I caught the 11 hour, 11 o'clock segment. And it's all about HBCUs. They talked about the Coach Prime effect. And actually, Bryant McFadden, former FSU DB and former Pittsburgh Steeler, mentioned that, you know, the times have changed because they had a few questions. And he mentioned that FAMU approached him when he was in high school. And you know, I looked up his bio. I guess he would have, that would have been around 1999, 2000 timeframe when he signed on with FSU. And he said at the time, you know, I had a eh, thanks, but no thanks type approach to it. And this is would have been when Billy Joe was coaching and we were at the height of going to the playoffs and everything. So that kind of speaks to how, the transition is happening and how the awareness has proliferated such that players who are highly rated are now actually considering taking official visits 
<coughs> excuse me, coming to HBCUs. And in some cases like Travis Hunter and, and Kevin Coleman, uh, taking that step to actually putting pen to paper and coming to HBCUs to realize their dreams in a collegiate level and hopefully an NFL level, and most importantly, get a degree. All right. Yeah, that's where we are, man. You know, things are going along. One definitely, as we continue to move forward with the process, as you see up here, I got to remember, I'm, I'm really going to get really good at pointing to these things in the different corners, but the top, the top right corner of your screen, want to shout out our folks over at HBC League Pass that are doing their thing and helping us grow this product and get a lot of things going on. You're going to hear a lot of noise from them over the course of the next few months as it relates to HBC football and sports. Um, and you'll be seeing some things that will be coming on. So we'll definitely continue to talk about that. Um, you know, as we are going, man, we're looking at this thing again not realizing that most of these folks are actually going to be pushing their events and their official things back to a little bit later. And that's what we're seeing actually on their Twitter feeds and everything. I think Grambling right now seems to be the only ones actually pushing it out there. They are, they are late, you know, hot and heavy, even though they have a three o'clock event that they're going to be streaming as well. Uh, three o'clock central time guys, let's uh, let's look at some final thoughts. What are you thinking are some of the things that you are wanting to see happen in HBCU football? And then put on your Nostradamus hats and let's see, what do you think is going to be the biggest impact or biggest result of what happens, say, going into the next season? I would say the biggest thing is, is you know, two things. Um, getting a grasp on NIL, uh, what we can do, can't do, uh, and being forward thinking with that. Um, you know, I think, you know, once we're able to, to, to do that, not only with NIL, uh, but using the technology that we have now, look, we're, we're dealing with, we're in a different day and age where I can reach kids uh, sitting right here in this chair. Um, we, we're pretty uh, visible on social media here at the um, Black College Sports Network. I mean, I had someone reach out to me uh, that's actually in Europe uh, about the work that we do. We can reach people from right here in this chair. It's not like it was 30 years ago uh, when we had the stamps and mail and, and those things. Take advantage of that technology. Sell your school. Uh, sell your program. Uh, using the, the Internet. Uh, jumping into uh, the modern world. Uh, a lot of us are doing that, but some of us are still lagging behind. So being able to do that, uh, using also NIL, um, and, and then also seeing the success of having these new recruits to come in, uh, these highly talented recruits to come in, seeing that translate on the football field uh, and, and, and the basketball court where you see us going in and getting those wins over G5s. We've done it in the past. No reason why we, 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 we shouldn't do it. Uh, moving forward, getting those G5 wins, getting those wins over other FCS programs. And then on, on the backside, my Nostradamus hat, um, seeing that finish on the, the back end, in the NFL draft, uh, we, we, we're hopefully we're going to see it this year with Quill Glass. Uh, we talked about Marquise Bell, Jatari Carter from Southern University, Jacoby Durant from South Carolina State, uh, Justin Williams from Fayetteville State, and so forth. Uh, but seeing that, with, you know, seeing the entry point, we start talking about recruiting, bringing these kids in. But all, like I said earlier, the exit point, the NFL draft, and, and seeing uh, these kids. Uh, dreams come true on a draft day. 
that's going to open the door even more on days like this when we start talking about signing day because we can say, hey, did you look at the NFL draft this year? Did you look at the NFL draft back in the spring as opposed to saying what we say now, uh, Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, and all these other names that are big, don't get me wrong, uh, but that doesn't hold a lot of weight when you talk about these guys that are coming out now were born in, what, 2004 and 2005? Um, so um, updating the resume, so to speak, uh, for our schools and institutions. So I think that we are at the beginning of that, and uh, that's what I like to see, and I think that it's slowly uh, happening. And uh, this spring could go a long way uh, to moving that boat forward. All right, Marcus. Um, could you repeat the first part of the question? I remember the Nostradamus aspect, but repeat the first part. What do you think is going to have the biggest impact um, of what's going on right now in, in HBCU sports? That that was the, the so the, the it was similar kind of one question that evolved into two. What is going to have the biggest impact of what's going on as far as in HBCU sports right now? Or what is the biggest impact? And then what do you see it doing for it in the future? Um, I would also say the NLI, because it has the potential, maybe not to even the playing field, but raise it up to where it is and to minimize some of the rationale, real or imagined, about HBCU sports being underfunded or not having as sufficient enough resources as compared to the PWI counterparts. Uh, the impact, I believe, well, as long as people, and when I say people, I mean parents and the recruits, continue to have an open mind and change their paradigm as it relates to the attendance of HBCUs for academic and athletic purposes, I think the ramifications of it is that we will see more events like a Travis Hunter, maybe not the number one player, but a Travis Hunter or Kevin Coleman and some of the other highly acclaimed high school talent actually come to HBCUs as their initial initial uh, school of choice versus as a transfer. And I think ultimately, uh, like BJ was saying, we want to see the payoff at the end where we have tangible evidence of someone who has NFL dreams, having their dreams becoming a, rap, becoming a reality from HBCUs. And we see, we have the one, two examples from Titus Howard, um, from- um, Alabama State? Yes, no, not from Alabama. I'm trying to think of the other name, Tariq. I mean, not Tariq, um, young man from North Carolina A&T. Tariq Hill. No, 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 no. You talk about, uh, you talk about Tariq Cohen. Cohen, Tariq Cohen, 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 not Hill, Cohen, yeah. Tariq Cohen, and we see Darius Leonard, and we see various other folks, uh, Javon Hargrave, and we see those uh, examples, but we have to proliferate that a little bit more so that it's not perceived as just a one-off or someone got lucky or someone who didn't qualify and had to go to South Carolina State, but someone who willingly chose to attend an HBCU at whatever level and they can achieve their professional dreams academically and athletically and having that become more of the norm. So it doesn't seem as though it's an outlier. And I believe that will happen. And we'll see examples of that 
we see all the convergence of benevolence, if you will, for the HBCU Legacy Bowl and the HBCU Combine, and then having those things have staying power such that we get the exposure and then we have some NLI uh, funds that'll help to lift up the athletic departments. And then we have players who are of high quality get the exposure and support that they need such that the NFL is not a pipe dream as it relates to where you start from, but becomes more the norm. All right, gentlemen. Well, first, I want to thank you all. Or thank you, too, for, uh, for joining us today. We want to thank Coach Willie Simmons of the Florida A&M University Rattlers and Coach Hugh Jackson of the Grambling State Tigers, uh, two great coaches. Um, this, is, this is going to be interesting. I think the HBCU product overall is in a renaissance. I believe we as a people and we as a culture are in a renaissance, and it's, it's showing – not showing, it's reaffirming the value that HBCUs have in this space and in this country. The impact that they had when you talk about the early 20s, the 30s and the 40s, um, when we, you know, when we had to go to HBCUs and, and what was doing and the caliber of people and athletes that came out of our HBCUs who literally helped shape the fabric of this entire country and showing people that you can go to an HBCU, just like you said, Marcus, and you can get anywhere in the world that your heart desires from there and, and being able to do that. So we want to make sure that all of our young folks know that and understand. Stay tuned. Of course, there's going to be stuff all throughout the day. I know Marcus is going to be in with Rattler stuff all over his going on for the next few, few hours. I'm sure BJ is going to be posting and doing his thing as well. So we've got a lot of other things coming on. There are a couple of shows going on tonight. I know the Orange Strike Zone was going to be happening. So I don't know if Marcus is going to be making his way over to sit to hang out with the fellows tonight or not, but we are definitely looking forward to it. We are so looking forward to football season, uh, 2022 as, and we're, we're not, listen, we're not even out of basketball season yet <laughs> and had, and, and hadn't finished, you know, gotten baseball and softball started yet. This is, this is a great time to be in the business that we are in, man, because we're in this business because we love our HBCUs. We love the product and we love the schools. So it's, it's, it's a whole lot more than what most people are thinking about for us. This is a labor of love and a passion that we do this stuff for. And we are looking forward to continually to grow our product. So with that being said, make sure you go download the MyJBN app. Uh, MyJBN-MyBCSN. You can find it on all the platforms. Follow us on social media, MyBCSN and the number one on every platform. That's what we are. Sign up, register, follow, get ready, because like I said, the next couple of months, you're going to start seeing a whole lot more stuff going in uh, and kicking off. So we want to thank you guys for spending this time with us and getting it going again. Oh, one more thing, too, with the uh, the basketball game on NBA TV this yeah. weekend. Make sure you check out Texas Southern versus FAMU, both men and women. I did not realize they were doing both games, so that's great. Uh, they're going to be – that game is going to be on this weekend again. Um, and let's see, I see, I have this thing here. I want to make sure I put the, get the time right. The women's game is the pregame coverage starts at one thirty, and the women's game is at two men play at four 30. Those times are all Eastern again on ABA TV, Texas Southern makes their way down to the Lawson center on the highest of seven Hills in Tallahassee, Florida 
looking to see if those Rattlers are going to be able to strike, strike, and strike again. We do realize that the men's basketball team is probably one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team, in the SWAC right now. I believe they're on a six-game winning streak, if I'm, if I'm correct, Marcus. Six to seven now. There you go. So we're going to be looking to see that. That's a big time. That's going to be a big time matchup and is going to go a long way to show what kind of a teeth FAMU is going to have in the SWAC because, of course, Texas Southern is last year's regular season champion. Um, they were knocked out, but you're talking about a team with a great coach and a great program over there. They're always going to be at the top. So we're definitely looking forward to that. So, again, for B.J. Jones, Marcus Green, I am Roy Evans. This is the Black College Sports Network on HBCU League Pass. You all have a great afternoon, and we will see you soon. Is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. The family anxiously await their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?